Folks, thanks for uh, tuning into the Finance Hour again. My name is Ruben Zelwa, and I am happy to be here back again. We've been doing a lot of these shows up to episode number 67. So you can find us uh, on your favorite podcasting apps, uh, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, or just the good old uh, website, Adapt Wealth website, or the JA website as well. So today, uh, the show is uh, all about marketing for small and medium businesses. We've got Joel Fixler in the studio here, who is the principal of uh, Binyan Consulting, uh, which is a, a business that consults to small and medium businesses on how to uh, use marketing or spend their marketing dollars in the most efficient way. So we, we can have a good chat with Joel. But before we do, it is time for Ruben's Rant. Ruben's Rant. Now, my rant this week is about the upcoming election and the fact that we haven't been able to secure any politicians on the Finance Hour radio show. You would have thought that they would have been racing to come onto the show, given our massive reach in the business and finance community. But unfortunately, uh, we haven't been able to get them on the show. I am saying that a bit tongue in cheek because I did leave my run very late. Unfortunately, I didn't hear back from Josh Burns. Well, I had had some correspondence with him in the past. Didn't get back to me this time. Kate Ashmore was better. She actually did uh, text me back after I wrote to her and said that she's going to be at all the pre-polling booths. So I suppose that is a reasonable response. Yet it was a little disappointing not to have them on the show, but I imagine that other J-Air shows actually did have them on. So hopefully you've got uh, your fill of uh, Josh Burns and Kate Ashmore, and you've decided who you're going to vote for. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then I will have Joel on the phone. Okay, we have Joel Fixler in the studio, the uh, principal of Binyan Consulting. Uh, Joel, welcome to the show. Okay, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate the invitation. Very chuffed to be here, and congratulations on the longevity of the show and the podcast. I think it's uh, it's a really impressive feat. Excellent. Joel, can you just move the microphone a little bit closer to you? Uh, just to make sure our listeners can hear. Okay, that's good. So, Joel, uh, thanks for for coming in. So, just tell us, uh, we want to hear a bit about your history uh, in the business, but just to start with, can you just tell me a little bit about uh, you know, the consulting business that you're in now, Binyan Consulting, uh, what what it is and who you serve? Yeah, well, basically, um, it's, uh, you know, effectively what I do is I, I, I tout myself to businesses, uh, small, medium enterprises really who are sort of in between that stage where they're, they're looking to grow they're looking to expand they want to get more attention from from their stakeholders and from mm-hmm. the market they don't have their own inbuilt marketing capabilities mm-hmm. so um, they're, they're looking for, for some assistance and um, look marketing consultants uh, have a bit of a, a dirty reputation as uh, coming in writing a writing an invoice uh, photocopying a, uh, a proposal that they've used a hundred times before mm, and then mm. out and leaving the client to their own devices. So, yep. so I don't, the consultant's a bit of a dirty word, but uh, um, I, I definitely try to be the opposite of that. It's, um, it's more about reining in the spending and working, about, working out what you can make out of what you've got before you start yep. spending. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Okay, so Joel, just to take us a bit back because... Uh, I imagine that coming to this consulting thing was, you know, part of a, well, I'm sure it's not the end of your journey, but it's probably part of it. So can you just tell us uh, sort of where it started? What um, 
what did you study at uni to start with and what was your first job in? Yeah, I was. Uh, I studied psychology and marketing at, at Monash, and my first job was uh, at Spotlight um, yep. in the marketing department, um, which was a fantastic opportunity, which I, I was really grateful to to have. And then from there, um, yeah, I certainly didn't, uh, you know, in my uh, five or ten year plan, have consultant anywhere in in that. Um, it's definitely something you sort of evolved into. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've had. Uh, I, after Spotlight, um, I took a little bit of a hiatus to go overseas and get married. And, yeah. Uh, as a result of that, I, my career sort of uh, came back actually in 2008 when uh, there was nobody was hiring anybody. Yeah, during the GFC, yeah. Month sort of contracts. I took a couple of those and jumped around a bit. Yeah. I've worked with uh, CPA Australia. I worked oh, really? With insurance Was that uh, CPA Australia went through some interesting times in the last uh, couple of years? Did you work with the the CEO there? Uh, no, 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 I didn't. I was no. just in their events marketing. They do oh, have, uh, okay. annual congress. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been there. They've yeah. been sort of um, you know, flagship event for the year. So right, with, right, right. Um, so you're involved. No, you know. no, nowhere near any, any controversy or anything. Yeah, like that. that was a uh, massive controversy. The CEO, he was, he was getting paid millions of dollars and... You know, he had his own show, and yeah, in the end, he was just just ripping the ripping the place off. Yeah, exactly. That's a, probably a bad example of how to do marketing. Yeah, exactly. He got he got good exposure, he, but the wrong sort of exposure. Yeah, he got good exposure. Well, I mean, you know, he did his book and his show, but he, they spent millions upon millions of dollars on it. It wasn't that. I mean, we're probably digressing, but someone like that, it wasn't as though he. You know, developed a great position in the market. I think they just spent the hell out of it. You know, yeah, no, it's not, look, not a good look for. I guess the CEO is supposed to be representing, you know, uh, his the membership body and the membership body of accountants. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So then, after that, where did you? Um, where after did you end that, up? Um, I spent some time uh, uh, doing some marketing for some insurance brokerages, and then uh, stepped across. To property development, so project managed a uh, yeah. uh, again just based on the evolution of, of uh, the fallout from two thousand eight was taking opportunities that were given mm-hmm. to me and uh, um, was lucky enough to uh, get a, a great opportunity to manage a um, strategically manage um, a redevelopment of a block of apartments and then sell yeah. them. Um, that took a couple of years and then after that I got uh, into sort of more of the startup game and yeah. Um, uh, most recently, I was um, I was part of a startup, uh, a medical device technology startup, for for the last so sort of five years prior to uh, forming Binion Consulting. Yep. And, um, that was you know, so I've had a, a, a cross spectrum, a broad spectrum of, of experience, and I've been on both the client and the consulting side of things. I, I sort of have an appreciation for where the need for consultants is from a business executive's perspective, but yep. also. Um, you know how they can really let their clients down. You know, as a, as an executive in, in yeah. the world, I was let down by clients left, right, and centre. Yeah, so we we, we I mean, we've had quite a bit of stuff on startups uh, on the show before. So, what specifically was the um was the startup that you were involved in? And did you did you actually start it from scratch? Yeah, I, I, I was I was the principal sort of operational founder. Yeah, um, we uh, we were importing um, home based pain relief devices. Yeah. Uh, from from Israel. And um, basically, uh, we were introducing not only a new product, but a new paradigm of self-treatment of sort of yeah. chronic pain yeah. um, ailments. And I mean, it's a huge, the pain market. Yeah, you would have thought that was a pretty big market, yeah, yeah specifically with the aging population and, you know, oh, without that being kind of thing. Too, sounding too sort of uh, callous, I mean, that's this is a huge amount of money in, in the aging market, in the mm. pain market. Mm. And mm. Uh, it, it's for those that have the, the courage to, to enter into it, um, 
there's an enormous opportunity there. And the reason yeah. that I say courage is because the the combination of the legacy competitors, the big pharmaceuticals, mm. and the big device technology manufacturers mm-hmm. like Johnson and Johnson, uh, in as well as the um, massive uh, you know crossroads of, of regulation and legislation make it the barriers to entry are enormous. Yeah. So it is. It is very scary, and uh, you know we definitely had a baptism so, of fire. So this was a technology, obviously, that was in Israel that was being used. Was it like commercialized in Israel? Absol- and, absolutely. They yeah. actually got a very, very big domestic market. Mm. Um, they sell it through um, a big chemist chain called Superfarm there yeah, in Israel. Yeah. So, um, which it's actually that's unique for from an Israeli um, sort of design mm. or development mm. perspective. Normally. Products in Israel developed for yeah. use overseas primarily. Yeah. But, so uh, you, so you actually, so it was a product that was there, it was working well, and you, um, and you would bring it to Australia effectively. Yeah, we were actually their first international distributor. Right. right. So you were a distributor of it, and um, I mean, what sort of as you, you sort of uh, allude to the fact that there was some serious challenges with that. Uh, was that around regulation, like when you when you bring in a medical type product? Absolutely. Um, the the TJ, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, which is the governing body of all medical products, medicines, uh, health supplements, and medical mm-hmm. devices, like we were bringing in, um, it's a it's a very highly regulated and and not. Um, it, it not only is highly regulated, which is what you'd expect, and it's important that it's highly regulated, mm. um, but there's no intermediary uh, system really bet- to liaise from industry to to government. To, to government, basically. Right. So, so you're so you're saying there aren't there isn't sort of a consultants or something in between that can there there are there are those there, there are there are organisations that offer consulting services. Yeah. But there's no formal qualification that they need to have. There's mm. they're, they're not formally recognised by the TGA at all. Right. So they're right. just you know, people that are familiar with the processes or right. can have, uh, have developed. So you're saying that you, you have to deal directly with the regulator? Well, we, we did commission consultants yeah, to yeah. do with us, but um, a lot of people, a lot of companies, smaller companies especially, yeah. um, do end up doing it themselves. Mm. So uh, so was that the biggest sort of challenge there, overcoming the regula- regulation in terms of actually bringing it in? Did you did, Were you successful in actually... Bring it in and yeah, and absolutely. Take it so to it, was, it was a it was a fairly challenging process to get the product registered, but we um, we did succeed uh, ultimately in doing that. Yeah, um, and um, we, we we had a really really great run from two thousand fourteen mm. two thousand fifteen. Um, we really cracked. We were starting to crack the market. And unfortunately, um, towards the end, middle to end of two thousand and fifteen, um, we were um, we uh, we were tr- we triggered. Uh, well, there was a an inquiry was triggered. Um, into um, some of the the claims of efficacy that we were making and how they linked back to what we'd actually registered in the first place. Mm. Um, and uh, there's no sort of police force with the TGA. They, they don't have any enforcement arm. It, it's a self-reporting style uh, industry mm. and often it's completely anonymous. So what happened to us, I believe, and uh, what happens all the time is competitors like to disrupt their competitors by making, mm. you know... Um, so the process is guilty until proven innocent. Wow. So we had to, we had no choice, obviously, but to respond to it. The um, the complaint was very sophisticated, so we, we had to really take it very seriously and invest in making sure that we got the response right because um, it was effectively an advertising complaint to do with the brand name of the product, mm. meaning that if unsuccessful, we'd no longer be able to advertise. So it wasn't about the actual... Uh 
the actual how well the product worked. It was no, more, it was no, a, it wasn't. No, there wasn't an adverse event that didn't harm no, anyone or anything. No, like no, that. no. It was it was around about how, how you branded it and how you marketed it. Right, and uh, the, the complication there was that because it was an international product that we were importing. We didn't own any of the trademarks, so mm. we were sort of fighting between two locked um, uh, entities. The Israelis obviously weren't interested in changing their international right, brand. Right, right. And the PJ weren't interested in... And what, so there was another company here that was using the same No, no, well, brand. I mean, it was that uh, we, we have no way of knowing who, mm. who triggered the inquiry. Yeah. Um, and it was irrelevant to the process we had yeah, to respond yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, you just got caught up in an enormous amount of red tape, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, the, the process yeah. Um, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it took, it took three years. Wow. Um, and uh, it's, you know, obviously a, a startup. Not only was our advertising restricted in, in, during periods of that mm, three years, mm. um, but, uh, you know, obviously we had to divert resources to legals wow. instead of to advertising. So you had lots of law, you had, you had to pay lawyers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, that, um, our, our legal team, um, uh, Tamir Katz, actually, at Meridian Lawyers, oh, yeah. so he, I don't know if he'd be <laughs> expecting me to yeah. mention him today, but yeah. I should give him a shout out because, yeah. um, you know, he worked tirelessly and ultimately, um, we prevailed. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a pyrrhic victory because by that stage, um, the investors decided uh, to exit. Mm. Um, but uh, to to ever even had a victory, it was David. Really, was David versus Goliath? Wow. And Tamir and Meridian were really principal. Jeez. So that was like a three year kind of process. That must have been incredibly taxing. It I mean, was. I've been in sort of some legal things which lasted a few months, and that's been challenging enough. But. But three years. Well, in fairness, it wasn't a consistent. I didn't have to deal with it on a daily basis yeah, for three okay. years. But yeah. um, it's, it's actually a good segue back into marketing because what it yeah. forced us to do, we weren't able, the periods that we weren't able to advertise mm. meant that we had to resort to means of, of generating sales without doing your traditional, mm. you know, we, we had a quite a large radio campaign actually the last time I was in the studio. Oh, really? The late, the great Bruce Mansfield who we were yeah. recording ads. Uh, he was our ambassador and that was, yeah, he actually yeah. died <laughs> during, unfortunately, oh, during, really? while he was our ambassador. So wow. that would be another kick in the guts at yeah, the same time. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, uh, I think it probably was very, f- extremely formative in, into how I approach consulting. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, so you have to, you have to think of more... In- once you looked at the radio stuff, you'd have to you'd start to think of more inventive ways of of getting your product out there. Absolutely. And did you try and do that through like uh, medical professionals? And that? I mean, because I would have thought that would be the next the natural sort of distribution for a product like that. No, well, we were direct to to, to market, direct to consumer oh, really? product, and. Um, unfortunately, in Australia, such a great country, often the attitude. Um, especially the medical fraternity, unfortunately, is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. And, uh, doctors aren't necessarily always interested in yeah. associating themselves with new technology. Yeah. Well, they want to be they want to be careful. Yeah. Uh, I'm not criticising yeah, them. No, 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 they're, they're just very conservative. But uh, I would have thought, though, if you have something like that, the doctors aren't kind of fully on side with and are not sold on it, I would have thought... I would have thought that would be a big difficulty. That was exactly the experience yeah, we had yeah, at the beginning. The yeah. training, the sales training that we received was to go directly through yeah, yeah. The, the doctors and the medical professionals, yeah, and yeah. that failed bismally. Going through them? Going through yeah, them. They weren't yeah, interested. Yeah. We got laughed yeah. out of boardrooms, left, right, right and centre. Right. Um, and, you know, sitting in doctor's waiting room right, all day, literally right. like in the, you know, those uh, yeah. pharmaceutical Yeah, groups. those pharma <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, I said the doctors, and it's a little bit the same in our sort of industry as well. You've just got a never-ending amount of sort of, you know, call them product manufacturers, for a better word, um, that want to see you and, and see you as a 
you know, distribution. And doctors like GPs are just generally seeing one patient after another after another. So it's like, yeah, it's very, very difficult to get their attention. Absolutely. And I actually have a, a tremendous amount of empathy for GPs. Mm. You know, they've had the Medicare freeze has been going on now for, what is I think, seven years. And yeah. they're, they're still at that $32.05 yeah, per consultation. So they're really it? struggling for yeah, yeah, ways to yeah. generate their own revenue. Yeah, and it's yeah. not, GP is not easy. Yeah. yeah. So that was... Um, Yes, you had external investors in the in that business as well. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I mean, look, they were very supportive, and yeah. um, you know, we cl- I collaborated with them and yeah. worked through the process and the problems. Yeah, they were what they were. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate, the most unfortunate thing is we were having you know real success. We were doing about a million dollars pro rata, mm. um, month to month in sort of the early and mid stage of two thousand fifteen. Mm. So wow. Um, yeah, we had we had some great success, and often when you sort of when you exit the startup in a you know not in the glitz and glam glory mm-hmm. of the uh, um, you know billion dollars <laughs> uh, yeah, IPOs yeah. and things um, you, it's hard to remember that we, you know we actually yeah there was there was, there was some good times there yeah, yeah yeah it's just there's a lot of um, yeah a lot of things to navigate and I think particularly when you're in a world that's heavily regulated and a lot of compliance you know you never know how the rules are going to change on you and and you know we. You know, we in the financial services industry, we we've always been regulated heavily. We're now being regulated more heavily. Um, they, are, a bit. they are, yeah, they are changing the rules. Um, so yeah, I sort of can understand. I can understand the challenge, and and uh, you know, I suppose, yeah, from what it sounds like, it was one small thing initially that kind of yeah grew and grew. But it, but it, um, yeah. Anyway, I, I guess it's. Uh, all those things are good experiences in the end, even though they can, uh, you know, not every experience is, is brilliant, but, but you certainly learn from it. Oh, it's, um, at, at the time, I, I certainly was, you know, feeling it, um, you know, very real, but I definitely see it now as um, it's, it's shaped the way that I approach yeah. my clients. And, yeah. uh, you know, to bootstrap in, in terms of marketing, mm. A, is not something that would necessarily lessen any return on on what you're doing you know spending less doesn't necessarily mean less leads right and it's actually very very possible and Mm. very accessible Mm. in today's world of social media and and that's um, right you can do everything yourself you won't necessarily do it as well as someone who you're going to pay the big bucks to do it for you but you can do it all yourself yeah well it's interesting and uh as you say and i've had have you have you heard of timbo reed no, I don't think uh, so. Timbo Reid. You should actually listen to his podcast. It's called Small Business. I'm too Bi- busy listening to this one. <laughs> it's called, well, yes, after you've listened to all 67 episodes, <laughs> you, you have to listen to all 67 episodes first. <laughs> then he's got about, I don't know, a thousand episodes. But his um, his podcast is called Small Business, Big Marketing. And what you should actually start doing, I've, 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 I, and I had him on the show. Uh, I'll send you after which episode number it was. So maybe listen to that one rather than rather than migrating to his podcast. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that I spoke to him about is and saying, look, you know, on one hand, um, you know, things are never easy in small business, right? You've got, you know, you've got staff, you know, you've got rising costs. It's keeping staff, paying them what they want to get paid, superannuation increasing, payroll tax, rent, you know, uh, big businesses. With very, very as very powerful competitors, um, particularly in you know things like retail, where it's getting harder for the small guys to to, to do. Oh, so on one hand, things are challenging because the big companies have got those those you know benefits of lower cost. On the other hand, is that from a marketing perspective, a small business can do much much more than it's ever done in the past for a much much lower cost. 
without without question. Mm, mm. And actually, the market now consumers are more likely to engage with uh, companies that make themselves accessible, mm. which is exactly where small business play. Mm, so if mm. uh, an owner or a decision maker, if someone can find their email or their, their chat or their Facebook, they're much, um, statistics say they're much more likely mm. um, to engage with companies because they see that as, uh, as a form of transparency. If yeah, I can yeah. speak to the decision makers, then I know yeah. that there's not smoke and mirrors behind yeah. there. And I know well, you, well, yeah, it's interesting. You see, um, you see people like, there's one guy I have on the show quite a bit, Roger Montgomery, and he's got his investment uh, fund is Montgomery Investment Management, but he does an enormous amount of his marketing just under Roger Montgomery. Right. You know, like, like literally it's him. He's got, even though he's got his fund manager website, he's got another one called rogermontgomery.com.au, do you know what I mean? And he's really, you know, this sort of personality marketing, he's really the face of it. Um well, yeah. if you want to talk about marketing trends, it's very, very in now for executives, exactly like Roger mm. Montgomery, like it sounds mm. like you're describing, for, to, to personalize their brand as yeah. well as use their organizational mm. branding. Mm. And I think it, it definitely relates back to that, you know, if I know who you are, you have yeah. authenticity, yeah. you have credibility, and I can yeah. trust you. Yeah. But the big, uh, and I suppose, yeah, that's an advantage to have over big companies because National Australia Bank can't peddle out their, well, you know, peddling out the CEO it's not it's not really genuine having a company of that size having one personality it doesn't really gel well it's it's the way that companies that people often expect to be treated by larger companies that cause them to perhaps look for to smaller business mm. and that's really where the opportunity is and mm, mm. Um, I, I agree with you that that now there's a through the the accessible ways to market yourself people are out there and they're sort of looking for i want an alternative to to the big guys because i'm just a number i'm not a client to them i yeah. want to be someone that matters and um, yeah. i think there's the, i think there's a real opportunity in today's mm. market for small business yeah. even, so, even though you say it's hard yeah um it's yeah it's we can you can get it done yeah well that's the thing it's hard on one in one sense it's easier you know it's easier to it's much easier to set up a business it's much lower cost you don't need you know the big office space, or you know, you know, or, or, or that much staff. You can outsource a lot more than what you could in the past. So I definitely, I do think, you know, I do think it's, um, you know, it's a good time for small business. But you've also got to be in the right sort of industry, right, with the right sort of characteristics, and you've got to have a good selling point, right? Like, like you know, in the past, you could, you know, maybe years ago for our grandparents, you know, they could. Out, start a milk bar and you know or whatever the fact that they will or start their knitting factory or i'm not saying i'm not saying at all that was easy i'm just saying that you know you worked hard and you and you had a good business do you know what I mean whereas Absolutely. now i don't think just just working hard is not uh, working yeah. hard is definitely not necessarily directly to success yeah. at all uh, look maybe it never has been I, and i'm not you know i'm sure we don't work anywhere near as hard as what they did and i'm sure they had all the challenges as well so yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, yeah, obviously that um, uh, comparison across the time, mm. you know, the different time uh, um, uh, eras uh, yeah. is difficult. Um, yeah, but, it's like uh, saying no, who was a better footballer, you know, Alex Jezelenko or Anthony Kudafetis. <laughs> uh, you mentioned two card cards, <laughs> and uh, yeah, not getting much joy at the moment. But uh, yeah. um, 
Uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think that the the fact that it's e- you're 100 percent right. It's easier. Anybody can with a computer and you know one phone call to the account and you're, you've got a company going. Yeah. Um, register yourself on ASIC and and, and you're yeah. off and running. Yeah. But that means that there's a proliferation of companies. That's that, true. If you worked yeah. hard in the old days, I, I liked your analogy that if you worked hard, you made money because, you know, it wasn't flooded and, 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 and absolutely saturated with competition mm. but in every industry now because mm. it's so easy to oh I don't want to work for this guy anymore I'm just going to go start up my own mm. thing mm. there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a real I think sometimes oversupply of companies mm. who mm. are offering things doesn't mean they're offering them well mm. and I think that's where you, um, yeah. companies that are the real McCoy yeah. it's important that they use their marketing mm. properly to, to, mm. to let people know who they are and where they are do you, th- do you think that um like really good marketing uh can can you know a company can be successful if you've got really good marketing and, and a substandard product is that possible um yeah well i mean you know when my samsung doesn't work <laughs> that's yeah. a good example no i'm yeah. joking but um I, I like to believe not i like to believe that um the fakers will be found out eventually the, yeah and yeah when you're taking people's money uh you mm. know you don't you don't deserve to necessarily keep it if you're not doing the right mm, thing by yeah. them. And so I, I I can't tell you one way or the other. I'm yeah. sure there's um, some examples there's some, where they yeah, have. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to think not. Mm. Um, but you can certainly have a very good product and good good service offering and, and crappy marketing. That's and, exactly and, right. And yeah. you can fail. And go, fail. You can have the best product and if yeah. nobody knows about it or you are going to fail. Yeah. Or you don't have the distribution or whatever. Yeah. You'll still fail. That's right. Well, and yeah. you, you're both advertising and distribution. They're both theoretically under mm. the marketing mm. umbrella. Our marketing functions, yeah. and it's it's a good point. It's I'm actually glad that you touched on it because a lot of people think of marketing as an ancillary thing. Mm. They need to do an afterthought. Yeah, mm. I've got to spend five grand putting yeah. up a website, and yeah. but it's not a core. You know, when I start my business, I'm going to have my legals, my accounts, yeah. and my marketing yeah. will be done later. But I yeah. view marketing as a a real core business function. Yeah, well, it's interesting actually. I met someone the other day who had a um a certain technology which I thought looked really good, and he said, "Oh, I don't have time to go out and market it." And I said, "Well, you're going to have to do that." He goes, "Oh, yeah, I think if I just go out to people, it's going to sell itself. You know, it's such a great product, <laughs> yeah, that it's going to sell itself." And I said, "I, I, yeah, said no I don't know that's the case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, but unfortunately, um, it definitely yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah, look, unless it, look, look. I mean, if he goes and actually makes some meetings and he's meeting with people and stuff, that's." Thing, but it's not going to sell itself without that kind of. I actually had a conversation mm. with a, a a mentor of mine just before, about coming on the show and mm. sort of uh, just to let him know that I was doing it and uh, give him a shout out. Hopefully, he's uh, he definitely the... he's, he's, he's absolutely forbidden me from giving him a shout. Okay, out, but, but he'll will... be listening to the full show. Oh, I'm going to. Force him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be checking. We can track him. You know, we'll find his URL and just actually. Track it to make no, sure. He's, probably, he's, probably, he's <laughs> promised me to have a listen, but uh, um, without without giving him a personal shout out, um, uh, he knows who he is, and uh, he—that's uh, exactly. He actually said exactly that—that um, that if you're to choose between fancy marketing and just getting down and speaking to your customers mm. and telling them what you're all about, knowing what you're all about first, you've got to know what you're mm. actually selling and mm. the value that you're mm. providing. But telling people what you're about and getting out there and pounding the pavement, mm. you know, uh, without that. That there's really nothing. So between fancy marketing and actually doing the yeah. nuts and bolts of it, yeah. and I think he's 100% right. So. Yeah. And so you allude to the fact that um, you think some marketing consultants have got a, have got a bad name. Um, what's the general sort of uh, mistakes, you know, the, the biggest, uh, you know, why do they have a bad name? What do people do wrong? Well, the con- you're saying what do the consultants do wrong? Yeah, well, 
the consultants and then in turn the companies that they're consulting to. I mean, whether or not well, they're the, in a, they're, whether they're, whether or not the companies just end up going down the wrong path themselves, or they go down the wrong path with the help of a consultant. Yeah, that, that I, often I, can happen. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I'm saying, what are those? You sort of allude to the fact that you can spend a lot of money and get no get no benefit. So what sort of you know what's an example? What examples? Well, of that I sort think of that, thing? Um, and, and in, in fairness, obviously not all comp- not all marketing agencies, but uh, I think it's very tempting no. because of the tools are so accessible to everyone. Yeah, they get uh, sucked into charging a premium, but actually just using the same tools and producing the same quality mm. of of material that mm. potentially an am- uh, you know an you amateur could do. Could do. Yeah. Um, so you don't need to be a uh, you know a, in a dark room with, That's the, right. with your keyboard coding anymore to make a mm. website. You just need a That's few clicks on on Wix dot com right. or, or the equivalent. And um, a, a lot of agencies will simply. You know, they won't have their coders either to make the premium products. Mm. They'll just use the products that are available to everybody, yeah. and um, that's that's just that's. If you're paying for someone to, to do something in a professional way, you want them to use the professional tools and have the professional knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe there's no benefit in paying for coders at all. Maybe that's why they don't. I mean, maybe there's no benefit. From a pro- well, from my standpoint, um, you can look at a professionally designed website and mm. one that's been designed using mm. um, the user-friendly tools. And yeah. They're not even remotely the same, the functionality right. of them. And uh, that's not things that business that all businesses need to be aware of. Yeah. Because using but, but the if tools... You, but if you... Um, let's say the most common one, which I know my website is done, is using WordPress. And I had a I had a really good web designer, Sarah Schmidt. So I'll give a shout-out to Sarah. I doubt she's listening, though. But... Um, but if anyone's looking for a web designer, she's absolutely fantastic. But at the end of the day, she used WordPress. I mean, that's not a cutting-edge technology. Um, that's a pretty stock standard one, is really, isn't it? Uh, WordPress is probably uh, a level up in complication from the most yeah. ones, the Wix. Um, and it actually can be quite difficult. That If you just want to use their basic sort of templates and just have a few pictures and a few, yeah. you know, things of text, then WordPress is fine and anybody yeah. can use it. But then you're probably better off using one of the other ones right. because it's a bit more interactive. Yeah, it's a bit more intuitive. Yeah, Correct. WordPress yeah. is still – I mean, WordPress has been around for a long time. WordPress so is, is, you know, yeah. the, um, uh, there's a huge number in the billions of websites that use yeah, WordPress. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's definitely not a joke. And it, it, no. it is the, the most respected platform, even for coders. But yeah. there, are, there are, there's a huge spectrum of, of the type of site that you can design. Coders, coders will use – WordPress in a hugely different way, obviously, than your more amateur design as well, and you can and the, right, the difference right. is very obvious. Right, right. So it's a it is a more complex tool, but one of those other ones like Wix is just is just really basic. You're saying it's really much easier to use. And, Wix, if you if you're yeah. a, if you're a novice or, or 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 someone who doesn't have a lot of understanding about the web, those tools, uh, Wix. Um, uh, off the top of my head, I've gone blank for a second. But mm. Wix, Wix is, is there are about twenty or thirty different options yeah. that you can use. In fact, I yeah. think they're actually Australian. Um, I saw an ad on TV actually recently for it. There's an Australian player in the market mm. now. Good luck to them. It's, mm. uh, it's, it's going to be a difficult uh, high yeah. mountain to climb there. Yeah. But um, the um, yeah, the, they Wix is probably the the, the simplest. Yeah, um, it's really intuitive. It's literally drag and drop and type yeah, what you want to type, yeah. and that's uh, fantastic because. People who don't have the resources, and a lot of the clients that I that I speak to, they don't know where to start, and they don't have a website. And you know, if you don't have a website, you're not a legitimate business mm. in today's day and age. And Wix really makes it. You know, in ten minutes, you can have something, and mm. something's always better than nothing. And that's mm. really, I think, it's a good sort of uh, uh, headline for, for if you were to ask what today's show, what what my um, 
real modus operandi is mm. something is better than nothing so just mm. you know there's there's definitely a way mm. that you can do something yeah. that you hadn't done yesterday and you'll get yeah. some success from it yeah yeah okay uh well talk, talking before and you were saying that uh you don't think that i promote this podcast enough Oh, right. yeah, no, yeah, let, I did cheekily say yeah, that. Yeah. No, no. Well, I'm actually given that given that we're here. I mean, I, you're gonna have to give your top three tips, but I won't ask you for your top three tips for promoting the finance out. Oh, well, we won't go that deep. But um, what I mean, let me tell you what I do. Just uh, just out of interest, what I do do is obviously I um, you know, we've got a podcasting site where it goes up called Omni. It goes on the JS site. I put it on my podcast. I create a couple of different links. Um, I send an email out to a distribution list, although I haven't really worked so hard growing that distribution list. And then I'll create maybe a few clips of the podcast. I'll put it up on the various social media platforms. You know, I'll share the entire podcast and I'll share just certain segments of it. That's what I do. What, yeah, what, what, what should I be doing better? Well, I think it's important to give a, bit, a tiny bit of background. I think I was when I'm sort of just getting a gist of how I would uh, – uh, you know, form of affair on today's uh, show. Um, yeah. I, I was on your website, and it's it, the functionality is fantastic. It's, yeah. it's very easy to use. It works yeah. perfectly. You click play, yeah. and the thing plays. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many websites it doesn't. Yeah, um, yeah. And which yeah. businesses really suffer because they don't necessarily know that it's not working. Yeah. But uh, um, I was being tongue in cheek. I said no, no, enough because it is a fantastic. No, it's probably tool. true. Yeah. And I think the podcast is fantastic, and what was it, sixty-seven episodes? Yeah. That's that's a huge milestone. I think that you know the amount of people that click on you know where do i how do i start a blog or podcast and then yeah. don't go through with even the first yeah. one to get to 67 um but uh, how would you promote it differently well linkedin is the tool for business i mean mm. b2b the stats on on linkedin b2b um uh, every uh two people join linkedin every second mm. um uh, 145 million uh people on linkedin are at executive level or, or or higher, mm. um, so decision makers are using LinkedIn. So B two B, that's where fifty percent of B two B social content mm. is done on LinkedIn. If you consider how many platforms there are, Pinterest, mm. LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, yeah, and whatever else is going to be the next ten years and hundred yeah. more. Uh, that that's quite a, an impressive stat. So um, being on LinkedIn is exactly the right place to be. So that's that's a tick. Um, and uh, I noticed when you you, you do uh, publish the. Um, the podcast that's another tick mm. um, but uh, you, you probably don't tout the fact that 67 episodes 68 episodes mm, mm. Um, it's, it's actually something that other companies haven't done or that other mm. people haven't done mm. um, so you got to give yourself a bit more of a, yeah. a bit more of a plug and mm. why why people should listen to it there's no mm, um, mm. it's it it tends to be a little bit more about the guests and not about the guests interacting with you. Mm-hmm. You know, 67 episodes, you're obviously doing something right, mm-hmm. so, you, you know, you need to... Just give it a little bit more personality. Yeah, if you yeah. go back to what you are saying about um, Roger Montgomery, mm. um, you know, it's personal branding, it fits part and parcel, mm. um, you know, with company branding, especially for an SME like, like yourself. Well, maybe what I should actually be doing is... Um yeah, I mean having having the web, having my own website as opposed to my business website. Actually, having a separate website that's rubenzoa dot com and literally have everything on there. Maybe maybe that's a better idea. That, no, that's a that's a big undertaking. Mm. Um, why is it so, why is it so big? I, I I set up a thing with Wix with rubenzoa dot com. I feed all the podcasts into there, write the odd article. But wouldn't wouldn't that come at the expense of the traffic that comes to your company website? Maybe, but if you, but if if you know, you say that you know the company is you know is largely about me. 
<coughs> Excuse me. I was saying that I the, don't know. Po- the podcast is largely about you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand to make a, a, an observation well, about what your company. Yeah. But I'm sure well, it's well, about well. You. Basically, it's still it is. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, right. Now, my so recommendation like, would be um, to do exactly what you're doing, just mm. to um, improve a little bit of what surrounds each mm. post on LinkedIn. Yeah. So the headline. What does it say on your profile? What does the Adapt Wealth Management page on LinkedIn look yeah. like? Yeah. Um, and. It, the, the idea is to make it match mm. as much as possible. Yeah. So. yeah, it's actually interesting. I've got, a, I listened to another podcast and I was looking at engaging someone. She's really good. She's based in England and she's got this, um, her business is, is, is repurposing content, right? So she's got this, you know, different sort of service offerings and one's called Podcast 10X. So literally she take, you know, you record the podcast, you give it to her, she, they'll create, they'll edit it, they'll create clips, they'll do blog articles, They'll create like videos. They'll they'll just take that one piece of content and just kind of multiply it by ten on different platforms on different, which is really which is really interesting. Yeah, the the thing that I ended up um I didn't end up going with those because because probably from what you said I thought oh, I can probably do some of this myself and you can do it yourself Absolutely to an extent. Can. But but by the same token, um, just doing it is one thing. Doing it properly you know is nothing i can i can share stuff on social media but if i'm not if i'm not getting the right message like it's it just becomes part well, so, of the no, noise i go back to something is always better than nothing yeah. you can do both start yeah. doing it yourself and then yeah. if she's a real professional and yeah. you do engage with her then she can tweak what you're doing yeah but um yeah i, I mean do you just mentioned video before uh video posts on LinkedIn get five times more yeah. hits than any other post. Mm. Uh, if you were to film this podcast and uh, it is recorded in a studio, with, yeah. you know, with, with uh, good equipment and it's a cool mm. look, i got to admit. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I suggest that you might get five times I think times that's a good idea. Hits. I think I should do that. Yep. I think I should. It's just a, um, yeah, it's just a question of, uh, yeah, of, of doing it and organising it and getting the equipment and, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, look, there's just, always, there's it's, always it's investment just, and effort yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if it's something that's important, if you think it's – you have to have – that's really the second point. You have to have a way to track the mm, effort. It's great mm, to do all these projects and spend yeah, all your time. And, yeah. You know, 24 hours a day, if you don't want to sleep, you can really, mm. you know, you can take on a new project a minute. But if you're not tracking the – what it's bringing in. That's um, right. And tracking is actually a lot easier than what yeah. people think. Obviously, when I say tracking, I'm sure people are thinking of um, oh, uh, analytics and oh, all that data that mm. I... But really, it's about... Tracking is, is much simpler than that on its most basic level. Pick a metric that your company, and as a business owner or business executive, obviously, you know what impact your company has on the market that you're playing. Mm. So pick a metric. If, if that metric is incoming phone calls per day or if that yeah. metric is clicks on the website yeah. or sales the bottom line. You can yeah. pick one and yeah. draw a line in the sand. Yesterday yeah. I wasn't, you know, for example, in this situation, videoing yeah. the podcast. Tomorrow mm. I'll video it and then next week I'll see. Yeah. Did I did that metric, was there yeah. a blip on the radar? Yeah, as you say, because, uh, yeah, the data analytics, it all sounds good and sexy, but I think sometimes you can just get, get uh, you know, washed away by the quantity of data. Well, that's exactly like, why I try to... Impose, or definitely impose the, to clients the message that uh, imbue the message mm. rather that mm. um, you pick the metric you pick yeah. it if it's not easy to track if you can't understand if you can't find it don't use yeah. that metric yeah yeah, you yeah. Gotta, it's, yeah, just because everyone else does it is not a yeah. reason that you've got to do it so um, so just going back to that so you sort of said um, yeah you said that people sometimes will hire consultants to do stuff and they end up doing extremely basic things charging a lot of money was that that's sort of what you were absolutely saying? absolutely yeah and i mean the other thing you said is something's better than nothing so it's really about getting started getting started like yeah. people will 
people just not have a go don't yeah, be scared yeah yeah what are there any other sort of big errors that you see um well i mean it, it's the consultants don't spend enough time understanding the product or mm. the brief really mm. they they the first consultant consultancy they give the quote you know an hour consultancy mm. who are you yeah, okay, yeah. Great. i now fully understand your business mm. after talking to you for 45 minutes mm. um here's my quote Here's my invoice. Uh, mm. Payments expected, you know, prior to the completion of the project. Mm. And but but people just, all, I mean, all, yeah. But it, I think it's also one of those things. Yeah, marketing you can't completely outsource, and, I, and I'm sure businesses make that mistake. They, they do. Think, they do. They I've, think, made oh, that, I've made that mistake yeah. in running a business. Yeah, I think oh, I'll just busy. hand it to someone Absol- else to absolutely. do it, and, and, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The, yeah. the, the more you, it's, remove- like, it's like me saying, oh, I'm going to outsource my health to my doctor. <laughs> Isn't I think it? everyone does that also. Yeah, so oh, it's not my problem, it's his problem. That's right, that's yeah. right. No, I think that you're 100% right. And look, it's understandable because small business is hard and there's yeah. always a million things to do. Yeah. And while well, I bugger that, I don't know anything about marketing, I'm going to pay somebody else to do it and it's better than if I did it because I would do a rubbish job. Yeah. But I think that there is, to an extent, there's a correlation between um, if, if you remove yourself, the more you remove yourself from being involved in your marketing, at least from at the foundation point, mm. I think the the, it, the connection to your company is also mm. removed. Mm. It's just generic. If you're not involved, yeah. if you're not directing the consultants, yeah. at least. To but what, your, when is it important to actually have your own sort of in? You know, you can as a hire consultant, but when it's when should you have your own resource in your in your, your own ma- your own marketing person? Yeah, yeah. Whether or not it's a high level marketing person or someone who's just I don't know updating your website and stuff like. Like, is there, there, there? Surely, there's a stage. Well, where that's a, could, that's more yeah. a capacity question. But I think mm. that you should never go out to the market unless you have buy-in from everybody within your company. Mm. Uh, I think that's more important. Everybody is a marketing ambassador because everybody engages with your stakeholders. And if you have a, a sort of a, an employee, um, even, even you know, an administrative employee or, mm. or, or an accountant, or so, if there, if there isn't total buy-in as to what are we doing? Mm. Uh, what value are we giving to the market? If, yeah. if people don't understand the basics, um, that's where it c- you can get lost. So I think yeah. that you'd, everybody needs to understand what is happening with the marketing, and I think everybody should should be able to have a say if that if, if that you know they want. That's more important, I believe, than necessarily implementing a, a, your own marketing function. I think that yeah. there is room for outsourcing and getting some advice. I hope so because that's how I make my living. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so. Um, yeah, you don't you don't need someone special to do it because a lot of the things once you get them you can automate them. Mm. Um, but if you think you can get a decent outcome out of not spending any time on it at all, um, yeah. Well, then that's probably a bit. It just misguided. won't. It just won't happen. Correct. It just won't happen. And it's also, as you say, it's one of those things you need to assess how it's going. You need to make changes. You need to. Track you need it. to don't spend. Yeah. A, if you're spending money and you're not tracking yeah. it, or even if or, you are tracking it but you don't actually understand. Yeah, what, and you're not and you're not changing anything. Correct. Like to, you're not adapting anything. Then, That's right. Um, yeah, you've got. Um, you, you, you know, so you're taking a pot shot with yeah. with, with with valuable resources. And, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, it's worthwhile putting yourself into it a bit, even if we don't. None of us have the time to do it, but yeah. it's, it is it is important to to just to build a foundation at the beginning, and then you can have confidence that you can That's outsource right. it. Yeah. And, and make even yeah. make those. Yeah. You know, it's a mistake to it's a mistake to try and outsource it without correct even exactly. being engaged in the process. That is almost. Well, it's almost ubiquitous in small business. Yeah, they outsource they do first. That. Yeah, yeah, and because they just want. They just want to solve a problem. They just want it off. Tick the box. We've done it, but it's not going to work. Yeah. All right, well, Joel. I've been, just to finish that point yeah. off, I've been now. I've been consulting for two and a half years. Uh, I've never recommended any additional expenditure to any of my clients mm. to date. Mm. Yeah, my recommendations are 
always at first, uh, you know, look inward first. Yeah, what you're doing, yeah. Okay, Joel, so we're coming towards the end, um, but I generally ask my guests for their top three tips. So uh, in the world that you're in, uh, the, the top three tips I'm going to ask you for are the top three tips for businesses to jumpstart their marketing. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think the first one is differentiate yourself. Mm. Don't try to be like everyone. Don't just copy mm. your competitors. That's what the rubbish consultants mm. are doing and taking money for. Pick a pick a bit of a niche. Don't be scared to zero in on a particular, uh, whether it's a particular type of customer or, or you know, very specific uh, way of telling people what you do. Uh, make it yours yeah. um, because otherwise you're going to fade into the background. If you're doing what everybody else is doing, you're simply just going to lose to people who can spend more money than you can. Yeah. So don't be scared to be a little bit... Uh, niche and a little bit specific. Yeah. Um, and uh, it really, it's actually marketing 101 that the more people you try and speak to, the more diluted your message is actually going to be. Mm, so mm. Um, it's kind of a bit counterintuitive. You think yep. that oh, I just want to make my message as generic as possible. Mm. Really, the more specific, the more the better. it's going to yep. happen. Uh, the second one would be obviously, we've talked about it, is just pick a metric and understand, even if it's only one and even if it's completely rudimentary and basic. When you, if you're about to embark on any any marketing, even if it's a post on LinkedIn, it really should be tracked. Yeah. In some way, and that can that can just be views on LinkedIn posts. It's, mm-hmm. it's it make it as simple, make it accessible. Uh, it doesn't have to be the 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 metric that you read on that article on uh, on on Ruben's uh, podcast yeah. website. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's got to be yours. And I guess yeah. the, the the last one is um, have a go and it. Try and have a go regularly. Whatever you're going to do, it's going to have more impact over the long haul if you mm. have small little small little uh, injections of marketing yeah. rather than, oh, I'm going to spend yeah. a big splash. I'm going to do yeah. a radio campaign. Yeah. Do, a, do a LinkedIn post or, or, or do some email marketing. Uh, spend some time working out what it is and then do it once every whatever. Yeah, do it at le- week, a, month, year. Do it at least 67 times. At le- absolutely, <laughs> at least 67 times. Um, but yeah, try and make it somewhat regular. Don't bombard people, um, yeah. but try and make it regular because uh, regularity, familiarity, I think also breeds trust. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joel, so just finally, just where can uh, listeners sort of find you if they uh, they want to connect with you? Yeah, well, they, uh, LinkedIn is, uh, is is where I spend, uh, that's where I do my, my promotion. And, yeah. Uh, uh, if you haven't heard of me, it means I'm not doing a good enough job. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, LinkedIn uh, is is the best way. Binion uh, Consulting or search Joel Fixler, and uh, I'd love to. Um, ha- I'm always happy to have a chat and um, uh, you know, have a cup of coffee. Or um, uh, it's it's not all about how much I can charge, and and you know it's uh, you'll see. I'll very very quickly be able to demonstrate that there's a lot you can do before you start spending yep. anything, and even on your own. Yeah. All right, Joel. Well, thanks very much uh, for joining the show. Uh, we have uh, a segment which we are reviving now, which I haven't done for a while, uh, which is called the Propeller Head of the Week. Propeller Head of the Week. Now, my Propeller Head of the Week this week is about a fantastic uh, program that I use called Zoom Meetings. It is sensational. It is a video conferencing software uh, that you can use. It's very, very simple to use. I think it's even easier than Skype. It allows you to share screens with people, uh, allows you to record the uh, the meetings, etc. I find it incredibly useful, very easy to use. All you need is a computer with a uh, a camera and a microphone, which they all have now. Uh, I'm starting to have more and more meetings with my clients 
uh, using this software, and I highly recommend you get it. Uh, it has got a, a free version, which basically allows you to have one-on-one meetings uh, for as long as you want. If you have on the free version, if you want to have more than two people on it, I think the limit is about 45 minutes. So you, know, you may or may not need more than that. You can go to the paid version if you want. I'm sure there are extra benefits there, but even the free version is fantastic. So for those of you that are trying to meet with people, uh, and it's sometimes hard to do it face to face, you know, I highly recommend Zoom. Okay, well, thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you again next week.